Okay, I think all the ghosts has been scared off, so we I'm I'm ready. I don't know about you, but just need to put my hair in here. Okay. I'm, I'm good to go. Get get all this hair under control. Luckily I don't have much anymore. So no. all right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 37 of Two Nerds, Maybe More. My name is Michael, and I am here, as always, with my good friend, Marty. Marty, how are you doing today? I am doing all right. Just all right? <laughs> yeah, I had to think about it for a second. Um, I'm still without a, a PC, Michael. I'm still without a PC. They they promised to deliver it within five work days. And if you, I ordered it like last Friday. So if you can count, that's totally five work days. Exactly five work days. Exactly five work days. And they didn't deliver it. Um, I did message them yesterday and be like, hey, should I still expect something today? And they said yes. And then <laughs> at between six and seven in the evening, they I got a text message from, from the delivery company that now they finally received the package. So now I have a track and trace number, and it's currently, stupidly enough, in in our side of, of the country. It's very close by, but it's sitting there because, you know, that company doesn't deliver during the weekends. Oh. It's just it's like sitting there. Technically, I, I, could, I could just take the train for like 30 minutes or something like that. Maybe even, not even that, 20 minutes maybe. And then I would be right next to my freaking PC. But uh, nope. But the place is closed, so you can't exactly. just not be like, hey, you don't have to deliver, I'll pick it up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so yeah. So, sadly enough, I'm one extra weekend without a PC, and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> I mean, better this week than in a couple weeks, right? Or not even a couple weeks, better this week than next week. It is, it is true, it is true. We're, yeah, yeah we're, we're very close to, to uh, 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 yeah, that thing. The big thing that we're both waiting for. Yeah. And trying to stuff as much stuff in between then and now as we can, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll get a little bit into. But first, let me welcome everybody to the show. Thank you all for joining us for another episode. Um, if you haven't been here before, this is a podcast that mainly deals with video games. But of course, we talk about all things nerdy and just things that we enjoy doing. And we're going to start that off with Wait, talking I, about what we've been watching. I have a question for you. Yes. Do you like science fiction? I do. So something that's not science fiction, but just science. Mm-hmm. Um, SpaceX flying people to the International St- Space Station now. Yes, I think it's... Um, is, isn't it launching tomorrow? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not completely sure because of the time zones and stuff like that. But at least when this episode is out, it's already over. <laughs> yes, or at least it should be. As long as the weather doesn't affect it. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting stuff. I I love that we're finally like seeing more activity of us like going to space and things like that. Uh, I love the idea, and I feel like we've lost a bit of that over the last uh, decade or so, where it just seemed like at one point everybody was super stoked about looking looking up and trying to see what's going on, and now everybody's so 
wrapped up in just the here now and forget space like let's focus on here which is mm. important but at the same time it's uh it's a little bit disappointing one of my favorite lines from the movie interstellar i don't know if you've seen that one with matthew matthew mcconaughey mm-hmm. oh, oh. It, it, it's my favorite director i, <laughs> I uh. love that movie and he says a line that is along the lines of uh we used to look up to the stars and wonder what we could be and now we're content with staring here in the dirt or something like that uh it was much more philosophical than what i made it seem (laughs) but it's one of my favorite lines in the movie it's it's good paraphrasing good paraphrasing um (laughs) the the crazy thing is though that the article that i read about it also said so if this goes well then obviously, you know, they're going to reuse as much as possible, like the stage one rockets and stuff like that for mm-hmm. the next send up. And if that also goes well, which is in the beginning of 2021, if that also goes well, then they are predicting that at the end of 2021, the first tourists will go to space. Oof, that's super exciting. I think that we've talked about this before. I don't know if it was on air or if we just kind of talked about it in general. Obviously, the first tourists in space are going to be uber wealthy people. Yeah. Right. Or like That's high known nice. scientists that want to see like the effects of it and things like that. Um, I think that's a given, but just the fact that we're getting to this point, I think I had seen something where they want to attach like a, a hotel to like the international space station or something. So oh, like really? tourists, <laughs> yeah. So like tourists that go up there, they have a space like separate, area from the space station because if you think Mm. about it like the space station itself is probably like all scientific stuff right you don't want normal people just running around what's this touching it and they mess (laughs) up something so you have like a special area just for them on the side yeah and you also just know what when normal common folk gets into space then things starts to become a little bit I don't know, maybe dangerous. So you, you you want them to have them in a space where you can just be like, all right, now we're in danger because of normal human behavior. Let's just eject those people. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I think it's an interesting concept of uh, of like how would that even work? Like, what is? It's got to be like a year long process. Like, once you get the notification of like, yes, you can come to space. Like, you have to get training in order to deal with the g-forces that go into traveling up through the rocket and things along that nature like just leaving the atmosphere yeah 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 also the the travel up there i just read is is like about eight hours it only takes eight hours to get up there and i'm just thinking like holy crap imagine you know i'm first of all sure fair enough i haven't never been on that long of a travel but you know you you can get quite far around uh, uh you know just with eight hours of travel down on earth so the space space station is only eight hours away. That's crazy to think about. If you were driving from my house to Disneyland, it takes about six hours. There you go. But if there's traffic, it could take up to eight hours. <laughs> so you're saying that I could travel to to freaking space and hang In out the at the space time. station for the amount of time that it would take me to get to Disneyland. That's ridiculous. So what do you prefer, Michael? Disneyland or space? The International Space Station? I would choose space. Like If they were like, hey... You have two choices right now. You could go to Disneyland or you can go to space. Which one would you choose? Who does not choose space? Yeah. How you're many right, times right. do you get that option? Like The thing is, I think it depends. 
if you're going to the sp- <clears throat> sorry, if you're going to the space station, I would and yeah, I got the choice. Do you want to go? I, w- I would be like, yes, I, w- I would like to try it because it would be a limited time. I would get mm-hmm. down, hopefully. Uh, oh, I mean, it's always easy to get down, right? Um, so <laughs> I would get back. He down just fall. He just go exactly. down. I mean, that's a guy who jumped from space and landed. Mm-hmm. Up. Yeah. Um, anyway, but if if people would be like, hey, do you want to, you know, space travel? With our current technology, I would be like, hell no, <laughs> no, <laughs> hell no. When when I when I go space travel, if which I probably never will, it will be it should be like you know we, we need normal gravity, we, we need to be you know all all those. Is there a biodome on that planet? <laughs> like where am I going? Yeah, Essentially, exactly. I, I get it. Um, right now, if they said like, hey, we want to send you over here, it just feels like that would be a one way ticket. <laughs> exactly and i don't know if i as much as i would love to be like a pioneer on that like <laughs> i also feel like a test subject yeah i, I read an article that had a, a sort of like a clickbaity um you know title like where it said something along the lines that the first people who goes to mars will die there and mm. you know that sounds very ominous when you just read it like that and i was like what 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 are they on about and then it's just you know the obvious that hey if you go to mars uh then you will live the rest of your life there. Yeah, uh, you probably won't go back again. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, that's way different than just if you go to Mars, you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes it seem. Yep, you're. It's a death sentence. But I mean, it's it's because if they just stayed on Earth, they would still live their life and die normally. So yeah. Um, so yeah, but but I don't think. I don't think I would be the first one to go to Mars. To be honest, I don't think I would be among those people. I think I think I like my my life down here, but I do respect those people who, who actually want to and, and maybe will do very soon. If we had like the sci-fi ways of means of travel, then mm. I would probably like, or at least like, um, I'm very selfish in this in that like. Mm. I'm not gonna be able to play my video games over there. Exactly. Like, you can bring a switch, Michael. You can bring a switch. Um. I guess, you know, like, we'd have to see, like, how does electricity stuff work over there? Or is it, how, how does pre-orders work? <laughs> what if there's an update and it won't let me update because I don't have access to the internet? <laughs> I don't think it would know, so it'd be all right. I, I would but... like to order that brand new game and then I'll get it six <laughs> months later or something, eight months later. I don't know how long it takes yeah, to travel there. Yeah, I think that we're, we're both kind of established at space travel cool in terms of just going to space but uh, interstellar travel in terms of going to different planets and things like that maybe not right now (laughs) maybe not right now all right uh something that is not at all related to space Uh, i've kind of talked about this before but this is an anime that i've been watching it's called uh, jujitsu kaisen Mm -hmm. Uh, i mentioned it before and i'm still watching it and it's still so good it's an awesome show that deals with um, curses. Essentially, there was a being long ago of magical power, and they cursed a certain amount of items. And these items can have a negative influence on people and things around them to make them do negative things. It can also attract other smaller curses and make them stronger. And there's a group of people that actually, like, battle them and try to eliminate these curses but the idea is that the main bad guy his cursed objects are of such strong potent ability that they can't destroy them so they have to find another means to destroy them 
and it's the main character absorbs them because he seems to be like one in the first person in a thousand years that can like absorb these curses and not be possessed like to the point where they can't control themselves so it's an interesting concept it's so interesting all all the things you said right now is is basically combining two of the things that i have on my list today of how things work anyway <laughs> I, I just continue i will get back into my things I, I just found it funny that just listening to you i'm like hey that's exactly what i'm going to make, just in two different instances so yeah it's a it's a really cool show there's like an academy of people that battle these things and they do training and they just brought the main character there because he was just kind of of course in anime it's always some teenager but uh <laughs> he's a teenager in school so now he's training with all these other people to learn about these curses and hunt them down so that he can absorb all of the curses so that they can kill him because the only way to destroy these cursed objects is to kill them while they're in his body because they can only kill the person. The objects themselves, they can't kill. But if they kill the person that they're attached to, then they all fizzle out. So the idea is to have him absorb all of them and then kill him at the end. But I'm pretty sure it's going to go some weird way, as anime often do. Especially if it's popular, it's hard to just end an anime these days. It's going to go for 300 episodes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But right only, now... Only 300? Only yeah, 300. only 300. You know, okay. it's a short one. Um <laughs> But it it's a good show so far, and I definitely recommend that if you like action-based um, anime, go ahead and check out Jujutsu Kaisen. I've been watching mm. it. I think it's a Crunchyroll original. Okay. All right. And anime is just something that I, I really I like anime. I just don't watch it enough, and it's it's such an odd thing when I'm sitting there watching, uh, looking at Netflix, for instance. What do I want to watch? Mm-hmm. And a choice between live action and anime, then I always end up taking live action for some odd reason. And it's just so weird because I, I do like anime. I just don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I think, uh, no, there's just a lot of things out there that you want to watch and you put things in priority lists in your head mentally. And it mm. just might be like the live action stuff is just currently your jam. And maybe it's also just you sort of know that when it's an anime and it's a successful one, then there is like 300 episodes of it. <laughs> yep. Uh, this one, luckily, it's it's still new. So mm. there's like 20-something episodes, I think. So it's okay. still short. Okay, cool. So if I say Lovecraft Country to you, Michael, I know you haven't seen it because mm-hmm. it's HBO. But if I say Lovecraft Country to you, country 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 <laughs> lovecraft country what are your thoughts what do you think this show is all about uh from what i've gathered and from the title i would think that it has stuff to do with lovecraftian monsters mm-hmm. in terms of cthulhu and the elder gods and if it doesn't quite delve into that then i would think that it has something to do almost like a horror mystery Mm. Where strange things are happening and people are going in to investigate these strange things. And it borders on the paranormal because it has to do with the Elder Gods and it's unexplainable. And there's a whole bunch of crazy things, cultists possibly, uh, things along that nature. Okay, so you're not completely right. You're not completely wrong either in what the show is about. And I think I was also... um, surprised by what this show was actually about mm-hmm. um the thing is it's based on a book and I've, I've i haven't read the book but i've read up about what the book is about and the book is like eight different stories that intertwine uh and uh, a lot of stuff happens and 
the series does follow most of it but also does also you know establish itself at, as its own thing so uh you know some characters who are male in the books are female over here mm-hmm. some some characters have been added some has been removed stuff like that so so they are fairly close to each other but it's still its own thing and there will probably be more seasons that it even though I've finished it, and I think that this is such a good show. It's a, it's a such a good story, and I feel like it has a good ending. Mm-hmm. There is one thing that I, I think I regret that they put in there because that is sort of like a cliffhanger to, oh, we want to maybe continue this. And okay. I think they, I think they shouldn't have done that. I think they should have let this be a standalone and do something else, like sort of like, you know, the the haunting of of a Hill House and and Blind Manor. That you know, it's the same people. It's the same sort of show but it's different enough so they can both stand alone and I think they should have gone that route with this mm-hmm. but anyway let's get back to what it's actually about there is uh, supernatural stuff in it there is monsters in it uh, not a lot of tentacle, uh, tentacles there's like one in the first mm-hmm. episode and that is just you know a dream anyway so it doesn't count in my book um, <laughs> but, but there is definitely supernatural things going on I won't spoil too much, uh, especially not the ending. I, I won't spoil anything there. I might say a few things that you know is, is happening early on, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there, there is definitely um, monsters. I think you are getting introduced to them already in the first episode, and um, and and then there's also magic. Okay. Um, so what what it, what this show is all about is magic and wielding magic and basically you know being powerful or not. Uh, and you follow these, uh, what is it, like four or five characters um, that, are, you know, it, it. the thing is this, maybe I should go into the setting because this <laughs> series take, takes place in the 1950s. Okay. And you follow black people, mm. uh, which obviously is still in a state where, you know, black sits in the back and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it, it, it's not like people that in their everyday life wield a, a lot of power. Let's just put it that way. Um, so, and actually, what's really interesting about this is that the whole, you know, being black in, in, in America is weaved into this whole story and it takes up so much room that it could be I mean if you just take all the magic away then it would be like you know just a story about how it is to be black people but then they add that whole layer with, with magics and stuff like that as well that also just makes it even even more interesting not that the other thing isn't interesting but it just adds another layer mm-hmm. to it. Um, and and that's you know shortly told it, it, it's that um, that's not too I don't feel like there's too much Lovecraftian in it and I think readers of the book has been saying the same thing that should have Lovecraft in the title but at the end of the day there's not too much of that obviously there are elements of it but it, it's it's way more focused on all the other stuff so it's, mm-hmm. it's focused on telling the story of these of these okay. So, but it's really 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 cool um, and you know you know me if there is, if you follow a group of characters in a TV show, then all of a sudden there's that one episode where you, where you only follow one character or a side character, or whatever. I hate that normally, but that's actually not just one, but two episodes in this uh, season where they do that, where they 100% focus on something that happened somewhere else to one of the characters, and and you know you, mm-hmm. you're taken out of the original setting. But it just works because it actually adds a lot of stuff to the story and it, it builds characters and I don't know I'm 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 in love with, with this 
one season. I think it's so amazing. And as I said, I, I really, I'm really scared that they are going to make a season two uh, because I'm having <laughs> a difficult time seeing how they they can you know keep up that that high standard. And also just the looks and feel of it. Everything mm-hmm. just looks amazing. I mean, it, it is t- it is a, a you know a, a c- cinematic high quality production okay um, so really 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 cool and very very bloody sometimes <laughs> very graphic as well uh, mm-hmm. both when it comes to uh, nudity and violence so oh. it, it, it's a what I call a typical HBO show okay <laughs> well uh, I've seen some I've seen one of those yeah. uh, alright that's cool because Lovecraft Country like I saw it getting the rounds like everyone that I saw mention it they really like it I've just never really watched it and because I never really knew what to make of it because no. they brought uh, I always thought because like it says Lovecraft mm. I thought it was a play on like HP Lovecraft stuff yeah so I didn't know that it was based on I didn't know there was a book that mm. it was based on so obviously this sounds like it's a bit different than that and it might have like minor influences from Lovecraft's work but is in itself its own own thing yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think it has more to do with Lovecraft than the title, and obviously that there are, you know, something larger in the universe. I mean, the thing is that they they do talk a little bit about, let's just say, parallel universes as well. So, I mean, <laughs> there is potential somewhere out there. And, and to be honest, I'm not a super uh, well versed in 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 Lovecraftian uh, um, literature at all. I haven't mm-hmm. really read too much of it, so I mean, there might be stuff that just goes over my head that I, you know, don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I know, it doesn't feel a lot um, like it doesn't feel like it, it's not really a Lovecraftian focus. I think. 100%. Okay. I think that's so. Much I mean, more- well, Lovecraft was racist, so that might into <laughs> it. So as much as I like some of the works, like that's the that needs to be acknowledged. I mean that could be it. I don't know, um, but but yeah. But anyway, I'm really really enjoying it. I just want to say uh, uh, it's it's not like a, a, I thought it would be super dark Lovecraftian mm-hmm. serious. Yeah. That's not what I got. I was though positively surprised about it, uh, and I just Ooh. want to say that it is really good, uh, even though it isn't super Lovecraftian. It is still really really good. So definitely worth checking out if you can get your hands on it. Awesome. Uh, something that I also, this is a very, it's a bit more of a niche thing, but obviously we spoke about, uh, what was it? Pacific Rim Mm -hmm. and how we liked the original and how the second one was okay compared to the original. It was still decent. It's still giant robots versus aliens. Um, That's still an awesome thing. So I was, uh, after I was watching some Jujutsu Kaisen, I was like, I feel like watching a different type of anime. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to watch some mecha some yes. mecha anime so i was oh, like yes. what i'm like what's good mecha anime i don't really know other than you know there's macross and uh gundam and that type of stuff the old school ones that everybody mm-hmm. knows about but i was like let me just experiment and jump into something random so i came across a show called active raid mm. and what this is is essentially these suits are not necessarily like giant mecha, but they're in body enhancing suits that are more form fitted type deal to the actual individual's body. And they are like a special police force for like terrorism and things like that. Like things that the normal police can't deal with. 
there is a group of these suits are called willpower. So they're like willpower users and they go and they help the communities and they help all these other things. But of course, where things like this exist, there also exists like a darker side of it somewhere. Uh, maybe somebody went rogue or maybe somebody created their own willpower and they go negative. So the first episode is like focused on them trying to chase down this girl who has her own suit um, and she's just kind of running around. They don't quite know what she's doing. And there's a bigger plot at play here where it seems like there's some uh, shadow uh, shadow group of willpower users that are trying to influence certain things. And it seems like they are like domestic terrorism based things in Japan. And it's just it's kind of cool. It has a old school style feel to it. Like when they transform into like their mecha suits and they get into them, there's this whole sequence where like it shows them like stripped down a little bit. Like it doesn't show any nudity, but it shows them like stripped down and then it shows like a suit forming on them and then the parts being put on their bodies and then they get like thrown out into it. It's almost like a transformation scene. If you ever seen like any of the old school like Sailor Moon or Power Rangers, there was always that scene where like it's morphin time and then they did the thing. <laughs> it has that element. Mm. But it had some pretty cool action scenes. There seems to be some some play with the characters. Like, there's a history of the characters, even with episode one. Like, you can mm. tell that they know each other. And even with some of the other characters, they have a history with them that ties mm. in. And we'll probably learn more about as the series progresses. I but, only watched the first couple episodes, but I enjoyed what I saw. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things that always overwhelms me a little bit, I find, with, with anime, is that they start in the middle of everything, just like, you know, basically just, all right, uh, let's just right now start watching what happens in Michael's life. And that's basically how, how it <laughs> just gets thrown in there. Everybody already know, know knows each other and there's a lot of stuff going on and, and you're basically just, you know, trying to hang on to the ride and be like, oh, what's going on here? Who's, the, who's that character? Why do they know each other? Stuff like that. And, and I mean, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that's very different from how we mm-hmm. do in the in the West where we're more like, you know, we build up, this is yeah. the characters and we introduce people and stuff like that so so yeah that's basically just every anime you just explained to me <laughs> i will say that this one doesn't feel overwhelming in that aspect mm. it's more of like okay these guys have a history yeah. i can see that but it's not to the point where you're like oh my god i have no idea what's going on like how are no. they bantering back and forth this way like no it seems natural yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it seems fun cool if you like mecha uh, anime uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but Netflix uh, made one a few years ago. I think they got two or three seasons. I'm not completely sure what happened to it after that. I sort lost track with it. Knights of Sidonia. Ah, yes, I watched the first season. I didn't watch season two or season three. I've seen the first season. Yeah, the first season was really, really good. I know that I've seen the second. I don't know if I've seen the third. I don't actually remember. Maybe I should check it out uh, if they have uh, more. But anyway, I really, really, really enjoyed that one because it does take all the boxes for me, like make ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, there we go. That's one box ticked. Uh, <laughs> important one. Uh, no, one it's just I, I liked. I really liked that storyline, and I liked how how everything played out. At least in season one, I do feel to remember that I wasn't as impressed with season two, if I remember correctly. But it's been it's been years since I watched it, so mm-hmm. I don't really remember anymore. But can really really recommend that one as well. There's also I don't know if you saw the animated Godzilla movies. No, um, that I think Netflix put out. Um, they were really good. I like them. Um, it's like a futuristic style thing. There's like 
Godzilla had like forced them off of Earth, uh, and just all sorts of crazy stuff happens, and mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> check it out. Like, look it okay. up. But Godzilla, uh, I think it's on Netflix. I'll double check uh, as Marty discusses his next stuff. But <laughs> I really liked it. Uh, I watched. There's like three movies. It's like three movies that are in that little series. So I definitely hmm. suggest that you go ahead and give it a give it a shout. All right. All right. I might check that out at some point when I get old and on pension and have time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, at the moment, I actually do have time because I'm living a PC-less life, Michael. I don't know how you feel about PC-less uh, life. It makes me life. nervous. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I seriously, heal this whole week, don't know what, I, what what to do with myself. It's been horrible. <laughs> uh, I realized that there's a world outside and, you know, it's crazy. No, that happened. That did not happen uh, <laughs> at all. I mean, sure, I, I've been missing that having a PC this week. Also got other bad news, and that is that where the place where I have pre-ordered my PlayStation 5 messaged me back. I, I pre-ordered, like, ages ago and they were mm-hmm. like, because of the high demand we don't know when we can deliver it um <laughs> so that was last week has, was not a good week like last this, this last week has not been 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 great for me I've, the technology just failed you exactly um or rather the people in charge of delivering the technology <laughs> yeah exactly that's probably more it. um anyway i decided to since i knew you know I, I, the delivery of the PC would be two to five days. So I said to myself, all right, that means that the games that I'm playing right now, I cannot continue them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do still have a PlayStation 4. So I was like, let's find a game that has like eight to 12 hours uh, of playtime. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the dear Mr. Tom Knight uh, showed me a website called How Long to Beat, I think. <laughs> howlongtobeat.com and then I looked at all the offers on PlayStation Network uh, shop, mm-hmm. shop, and uh, I ran into a game that I've been looking at called Control that, I've uh, seen that one yes and it's around 12 hours I was like hey that's perfect if the PC is there on you know as quick as possible then I should be able to pretty much finish it off by then mm-hmm. Uh, if it takes a little bit longer, then I can play it a little bit more as well. So it's perfect. Uh, I'll just stick to the main storyline. I don't won't do side quests until I find out when if the PC is arriving or not. Then I can start investigating more. So I mm-hmm. did that, and oh boy, I don't know how to explain this game. <laughs> I have no clue, but I got a lot of throwbacks to one of my favorite games that we actually talked about on this show when we talked about. Uh, uh, old games that we, we really liked that wasn't necessarily super popular um, it's called Second Sight I don't know if you remember me talking about it was that the Playstation 2 game or was it PC? I think it, I played it on PC it might have been out on a console okay. well, I don't know but anyway well, this that game is a first person shooter and it very, it's mm-hmm. very psychological and you also have uh, you get abilities you have guns obviously but then you get abilities we can with telekinesis you can throw stuff and you can make a shield around yourself and you can do a lot of different stuff inside of it i really really enjoyed that game and the world is very very psychological as well and there's a like a twist ending and things like that so playing this game i got so many throwbacks to that, to that game because your main character um is basically you start off by entering this building 
entering the Federal Bureau, Bureau of Control. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically where you start. You enter the building, and the first guy you run run into is a, a janitor, uh, and he he definitely uh, knows more about what's going on that he you know want to that he actually tells you 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 as the character and you as the gamer um and then you continue in uh, and this building is just so weird when you go into it the everything's sort of like you, you start off in normal hallways and then you run into an area where everyone everything's sort of like distorted so not pixelated but everything turns into like squares uh, and then you can cleanse that area, and then the squares go backwards, and then become walls and stuff like that. Very, very difficult mm. to to explain, but when you see it, it makes totally sense. Um, and that's so basically what you need to do. You you start cleansing these areas, and oh, you actually got a gun as well. The gun can transform. Mm. Um, it doesn't have ammo, but it still does. It basically has like an energy bar. So when you deplete it, then you need to wait for it to recharge and stuff like that. And then you have your abilities where you can throw stuff uh, mm-hmm. at enemies. And uh, yeah, and this world is so strange. It's you have <laughs> no clue what's going on, and it takes a long while for you to actually start getting answers. But I just really, really love this whole uh, small world that they have created with this game. And I still don't really think there's a proper explanation to it. There is a season pass that I haven't delved into yet. Uh, I think I'll wait a little bit with that. Um, Mm -hmm. But basically, this is also... It's very... This game is so difficult as well. It's one of those games where normally I would be like, you know what, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. I'm dying too much. (laughs) It it has a a very much like... What is it? Is it Dark Souls feel to it? Where if you do like... A wrong move, then you're basically one shot. Yeah, yeah. Same happens here. One or maybe in some cases two wrong moves, and you're you're dead. You're toast. Um, so, but but I stuck with it. It's I just it's so it's so difficult to explain the world. It's something you have to experience. I at least go watch a, a trailer and be like, yeah, that sounds interesting. And if it mm-hmm. does, go experience it because it's so difficult to explain because it's it's so it's all about the paranormal. As well, there's like there is like other universes, and 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 there's like a, a you know stuff. The bureau of control, they're in, they're having science departments checking into this, and uh, oh yeah, there is like uh, objects of power, mm-hmm. uh, which you can absorb, and then that's what I talked about you earlier in the show, where like it sounded like you know you talk we're talking about yeah that i played you can absorb the power and that's how you get your powers you get new powers there's also altered objects or something like that where um it's just the objects have weird powers there's a fridge for instance where if they always have someone needs to be looking at it because if nobody's looking at it then it goes crazy and destroys stuff and because of this whole incident that happened here then at some point you're running through the hallways of all these altered objects you know behind glass and uh, 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 and, and you know in, in their own little uh, cells and stuff like that. and all of a sudden you're running through the hallways and someone is yelling hey is there someone out there is there someone out there and you run in and check and then there's this guy that has been sitting there looking at this fridge for the past a few days, or not few, uh, of day or something like that. <laughs> he wants to, you know, be uh, 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 someone comes to take over the next shift, obviously, and mm-hmm. uh, it's just stuff like that, random stuff like that. But it's also it's so cool, it's so weird, and I just absolutely love it. The only 
if I need to be like a little bit critical, is that if if you are get if you want to check this game out, um, maybe wait until you have a PS5, mm-hmm. because with my PS4. Um, there was a lot of lag issues and the loading screens are, can be horrible, especially if you're on a boss fight and you die a lot and then you have to wait like almost a minute to get back mm. into the fight. That can be really devastating for you. So I would say if 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 you're planning on getting a, a, a better console, I don't know if maybe it's for PC as well, then, you know, get, I don't know if it's for PC, but if you're playing it on console, wait for the next gen uh, to play it because it that, that would definitely improve uh, the experience immensely but overall crazy crazy game check it out if you're into that sort of hard games where you need to uh think a little bit more about what you're doing but also you know mm-hmm. have you have the coordination right that may be a positive of you not having a pc mm-hmm. because i think that when both of us are primarily pc gamers and yeah. we have a bulk of our games on pc which means that we have a plethora of options which means that if we hit a point in a game where we're like, you know what? I don't feel like dealing with this. We'll just jump over to the next one seamlessly almost, and yeah. we're good to go. But because you didn't have access to your PC, you don't have too many options of what to jump through. So you're <laughs> just like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with it and see where it takes me. Yeah. It's one of those... I, I also got a little weird flashback sort of type deal um, because with some of these encounters, when I was playing them through, you know, the first few times I was just dying and, uh, you know, I, I was just looking wrong at the boss and I died and I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> and then, and then grad, uh, you know, slowly you, you figure out, okay, if I do this, then uh, I can avoid this damage and stuff like that. And all of a sudden I was like, hey, this is just like raiding, except, you know, I'm just one person. It's just like mm-hmm. raiding in World of Warcraft. Um, where you slowly try to figure out at the first few attempts, you're like, what the hell is going on? Why are we dying? What's, what is this? Um, mm-hmm. and, and then slowly you figure out, oh, okay, if I do this and that, and, and yeah, you slowly figure it out. I will say though, that I was the one boss that I was so frustrated with that at, at the end I was like, all right, I'll go look it up on the internet. And then some dude would just like, hey, just buff your shield uh, <laughs> all you can and just stand right here. And every time the boss attacks, shield up and then just shoot him when he's not doing that. And I was doing it and I killed him in the first twice. I was like, oh, is it this easy? This is stupid. <laughs> Needed to know your mitigation. Yeah. Cool down. <laughs> the, the, the thing is that uh, it, it, while this, uh, why this game also speaks to me is that there is some sort of not, I wouldn't call it loot, but it is sort of like a loot system. Um, mm. It is like abilities. Well, not abilities, but it's like um, modifications for your abilities. So, for instance, you can buff up your shield so you take so it, it can take more damage when you're shielding up. Uh, it can be that, for instance, your, your weapons will will uh, do more damage or or, or 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 they will spend less energy when you shoot them. Stuff like that. So you you can make a lot of different builds, and I think you really need to depending on what kind of what boss you're doing and, and stuff like that. And the weapons that can choose from are very different. You have like uh, a normal just handgun type deal that just shoot one bullet. You have something that charges up, and then when it's charged, then you release, and it it, it mm-hmm. does a ton of damage. It's it's probably my go-to weapon for most things, but it does have the down uh, uh, what's it called like the um, downside that that it needs to charge up so if it's a uh, if it's a, a, a an enemy that moves around really quickly then you will never manage to hit it so you probably need to do something else so so it is definitely a thing where it, it if if you can't beat something maybe mm-hmm. take a look at your skills and your weapons and, and be like well what can i do differently then cool i like that type of stuff 
Um, so I have like a lot of games on my list this week, but I haven't played all of them a lot. Mm. So it's kind of been one of those weeks where I just kind of jumped into a bunch of different things and I'm hoping that like something sticks. Okay. But the game that I played the most this week is actually uh, Golf with Your Friends. Mm, yes, I, I saw I saw that when you and some of the others played it. I, I watched the the stream of it. Yeah, so I started playing it last weekend. I think sometime after we did the did the show, it was either that Saturday or maybe the next day on Sunday. Mm. And it's actually a a mini golf game, or it goes also by the name of Putt Putt, uh, whatever you call it. And it has crazy courses, crazy things that go on. You and your friends are just kind of playing. You can hit each other's balls as you're playing. Uh, Tom whacked mine like off the freaking map, and I got super upset. There were lots of swearing to be had, uh, and it just kept going downhill from there. But it's a fun little party game that you could play with your friends, and it's not just basic putt putt. It can be where like you just hit the ball and hope it goes where you want it, but. In the party mode, it has like power ups that you can get. So you could put like honey on the ground so it will slow down the ball. You can jump with the ball a couple times before you stop. So that adds to like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and jump over certain obstacles that I normally would have to go through so that I don't have to focus on actually doing the stuff. But sometimes that comes with a risk. You might not have enough time to jump or you'll jump out of bounds and you'll get back to where you started. It's just a whole bunch of fun. There's a bunch of different maps. I think I Tom mentioned yesterday or Wednesday, there's like 7,000 maps that you can download from the Steam Workshop. Whoa. That's from the Steam Workshop. So the game itself has a few maps uh, built in and then the Steam Workshop has a whole bunch bunch of stuff our friends rig and cuffy said that they played on a map where it was like it was only one course Hmm. but it was like 45 par or something like that so it's just like an uber long course that you had to do and they said they had a really good time playing it and it was like a marathon of a game (laughs) so if you have a bunch of friends and you want to play some golf with friends, you can't play it solo, but it's obviously is a lot more fun to play with people. So oh, I definitely suggest golf with your friends. It looks so much fun, especially when you're sitting. I mean, I think if it would have been a normal night and I would have my own games, I would probably just have been like, yeah, you guys can play this and I will, you know, uh, just do my own things over here. because mm-hmm. That's what I tend to do. So sorry, I'm a loner sometimes. Um, but <laughs> just sitting there and watching you play it, and don't have access to my own computer, so I could join in. I was really like, oh, I want to play this with you guys. It's, it looks like so much fun, and and yeah. So you know, I guess that's how it is when you can't join in on the fun yourself, <laughs> and everyone else is having fun. Yeah, it's it's a good time. It's just frustrating as well. <laughs> like it, it can be very frustrating, yeah. but I still kept playing. So that's yeah. got to mean something there. <laughs> yeah, I would have totally jumped in with you guys. Cool. I, you want me to take the next one, or do you want to take one more? Because I feel I'll, like I'll go. I'll go with yeah, another one. Your list is a little, a little longer. Okay. So, do you have much experience with uh, God games? You know, like populous uh, games where you are like the overlord of things, and you you control the people, and you make them do things. I have, uh, what's it called? Black and White? Yeah, that's one of them. Black and White I've played a little bit. And then there's an old, old, old dungeon one 
Dungeon Keeper? Yeah. Okay, so it's awesome that you mentioned Dungeon Keeper because I was playing essentially a spiritual successor to Dungeon Keeper, and it's called Dungeons 3. Dungeons 1 and 2, not so great. Okay, but Dungeons 3 is a very fun game if you enjoy both of the aspects that it presents to you. Mm. Now, it has your traditional under-the-ground dungeon management. You mm-hmm. need to, you have workers, you have to have them mine out the dungeon so that you can create rooms, so that you can create troops. Mm-hmm. You create troops, You they need certain things, you need to research, you need to keep expanding your dungeon. As you expand, enemies start to encroach within your dungeon, and it becomes almost like a tower defense. Your troops will go to defend, whatever traps you have set up will help deter them, and that will happen periodically. As you're expanding your dungeon, you might come across other enemies as well. Like there might be some worms, some giant worms or something that will try to eat your, eat your people as you start expanding further into the dungeon. So you need to be prepared for that. But where this game really gets me, cause I like all that stuff. That stuff is fun. Mm-hmm. But what it gets me is that you can only get so far in like the research tree just by staying in your dungeon. You have to recruit troops and send them up to the surface world where it then becomes an RTS game. And you have to take control of your troops manually and take them out and you need to battle like the humans and everything that are in the area. That's going to boost like your evil score. And you'll need that evil score to research further technologies and to get a bit stronger. So Mm. it kind of forces you to go out a bit more and if you wait too long, then the people on the surface, they're going to become extremely powerful and you're not going to be able to defeat them very easily. So mm-hmm. you kind of need to bounce back and forth between the RTS element and the dungeon upkeep aspect mm-hmm. and just kind of balance it and figure out where where that perfect line res- resides so that you can go ahead and just get as far as you can. And this has a story mode which has an amazing, funny story that goes with it. The narrator and just the characters are so funny. Uh, It's a bit dark at times, but it's like funny dark. And it's just, it's goofy. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's a fun time. And it has story mode. It has a skirmish mode where you can just kind of uh, think about it like a endless mode almost where like you kind of jump in there and you play and you play and you do the best you can until like you lose or you mine out everything type deal it sounds like a game that i will be really frustrated at in the long run because i have a tendency when i play rts to tunnel this shit a little bit (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a good time it's a good time i think that it does it's not super heavy RTS. Mm, okay. So like when I say RTS, you're not going on the service and like building buildings and building a base. It's more of like, let me send my troops up and take okay. them out and find a camp and destroy that camp and then get the points and then keep moving type deal. Okay. Um, so it's not like you have to worry about, let me build a base on the top and the bottom mm. and manage both while still sending stuff out. No, that's a bit crazy. Uh, it's not that in depth. The upside is simply grabbing your troops, taking them and having fun. That's not until Dungeons 3, the sequel. <laughs> I think that would be Dungeons 4. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that how it works? But, yes. It's a fun time. It's a fun time. If you like those style of games, whether it be like the god mode, you can slap your peons around with your hand. Uh, that's fun. Jump into it and just give it a try. 
Give hmm. it a try. If you have Humble Bundle, I think it was free in a Humble Bundle, either this most recent one or the one previous. Okay. I think that's how I got it. So, hmm. it's a good time. Right, cool. Something that I didn't get through Humble Bundle was... Um... <laughs> I was uh, I had finished the storyline of Control. There is still uh, stuff you can do to continue play it, um, but I do feel like it it doesn't have like a proper proper end game. But there is still stuff you can do in Control if you wanted to. So I have been doing that a little bit, like just a an hour each day or something like that. But it's not something I would sit there and do for hours and hour away. And so I, I was I was sort of deciding, couldn't really decide if I should buy this game because. I knew that as soon as I get my PC, then I probably won't get too much time to jump into back back into this game. And but then my PC never arrived, so I decided to buy this. And also because there's already with this game, there's already restrictions to begin with mm-hmm. that I would would not be able to continue the story unless my girlfriend could sit and watch. <laughs> um, the game is Spider-Man Miles Morales, the new Spider-Man game. Um, yes. And originally, my plan was to get it for PlayStation 5. But we all know the bad news about that as well, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So I was sitting on the store looking at, at potential games to buy. And then obviously this one popped up. And it actually does say, if you buy this, it also includes a PS5 version. So I was like, hey, that's perfect, because then we can jump into it now. When and if the PlayStation 5 arrives at some point, then we can just continue over there and uh, everything will be good. So I did buy this game. We did jump into it and played it last night. And I, I don't know, played like three, four hours of it. And if you liked the first one as much as I did, then you will just be, you will feel like home. That's it. You'll feel like home. Um, there is a few upgrades, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. There is... Um, the, uh, Miles does have some other abilities. He has all the, the classic abilities from the original Spider-Man game from, from a few years ago, but he is upgraded a little bit. He has his own little um, attacks as well. A few different attacks that use its own you know, power source that you need to... you know. Uh, uh, generate some power before you can use it and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, but besides that at least so far at least like three four hours four hours in it, it's it's pretty it's probably not even that much maybe only two hours actually when i come to think about it but anyway um you you feel like home it, it's a it's it's a single player story mode told in, in an open world and and it just works it's just uh, it works so well. You don't really want to use fast travel. At least I, I don't want to use fast travel because it's so much fun just swinging a Spider-Man through New York. Um, so, so yeah, really, really enjoying my time so far. There's not too much news to the story. I mean, Peter Parker is taking a, a he's still in the game, but he's taking a break because he's going on a vacation with his girlfriend, and now it's uh, <laughs> Miles' uh, turn to just, uh, uh, yeah protecting the city and obviously a lot of stuff goes wrong um and it, it is a continuation from the storyline from the first game so um it does give you a recap so if you have not played the first one and you don't intend to do it they do give you a recap about what what's you know the the outlines what happened um and and yeah but you know i've just been swinging around having a, a good time uh, haven't gone crazy on all the side stuff yet but if i know myself uh, and how I played the first game, then it's definitely something I will, I will be doing at some point because, you know, I'll probably just do it because it's fun, Michael. I'm doing all the side missions and side stuff because it's fun, not because I just love to 
gather a thousand feathers or something. Yeah, I remember the the original Spider-Man game on the PS4. Absolutely loved it, and I had so much fun doing all that side stuff. Now I didn't like get the platinum trophy or anything because that involved like you know jumping into like the extra hard mode and all that other mm. stuff. But I did enjoy like collecting all the collectibles like there seems to be like you get the backpack and you get to see like a little bit of story with the backpack you get to yeah. do like the harry osborne missions and all this other stuff i really enjoyed that whole process mm. and i enjoyed the spider-man game i want to play this one but when you took the picture and you sent it to me i was confused because i thought that the game was a ps5 exclusive yeah I, I didn't I, know that it was coming out on PS4. No, I, I think there was a lot of confusion about it because I think a lot of other people thought that as well. And I think some people are also a little bit like, hey, if it's not a PlayStation 5 exclusive, is it then actually made for PlayStation 5 or is it play, made for PlayStation 4 and it's being ported up? What's going on mm-hmm. here? What's the deal? So I think there's a lot of people who have been a little bit you know, iffy about that whole thing as well. But you know what? I don't really care. It's a Spider-Man <laughs> game. I, I just It's an open world game. It ticks all the right boxes for me. And, and you know, I'm, I'm just having at least two hours in, <laughs> having a no. great time. And I'm pretty sure the 10 hours in, I will be, still be having a great time. Now, you said that it, ha- it included, like, a PS5 version. I'm assuming that that's, like, a digital code mm-hmm. uh, to download it. I, now, I, would that also carry over your account. save? I actually don't know if it carries over the save. I mean, I would... I would think they were they are pretty stupid if they didn't think about that and not do it. That would be like a big oversight. So I reckon you would be able to do it, but obviously since I don't have it, I don't know. I hope so. But I mean, worst case scenario, then I'll just finish it off on PlayStation 4. It's not really a big deal. It runs smoothly and everything. I, I, it's mm-hmm. not like control where there's lag issues and things like that. Um, so I, I wouldn't... If, if I can carry on my save games, then I'm not too beat up about it. Cool. All right. Uh, I played a game called Ukulele and the Impossible Layer. That sounds fun. Um, so a little bit of backstory real quick. Ukulele was, I think, a, a kickstarted game, the first one. Uh, mm. It was a kickstarted game, and it's in the vein of uh, Banjo-Kazooie, which was initially released on the Nintendo 64. And... Uh, one of the big things about the game was that it had like that art style. It had that approach to the game in terms of like whenever the characters speak, they have like a weird way of speaking. So instead of saying the words, you'd hear them like make a noise and then the words would appear. So like Banjo in Banjo, cause we used to be like, bleh, 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 and then you see like the words appearing as he does that. Mm. Um, but one of the great things was the music of Banjo-Kazooie. Anyone who plays the game remembers the music. And Ukulele actually had the same composer. Uh, Grant Kirkhope, I think it was. Mm. Uh, and the original game was essentially a spiritual successor. It was a 3D world adventure game where you get a bunch of collectibles and you have uh, Yuka and Lele teaming up just like Banjo and Kazooie. And you just went to all these fun worlds. This one is, I believe, the sequel to it, but it's different because instead of it being a 3D adventure game, it's a 2D platform side-scrolling game uh, with like some 3D overworld uh, map elements to it. And it has uh, the same great music, and it has really good gameplay that is more akin to the old-school Donkey Kong Country games. So it just seems like this group of people that are creating the game, they're really enjoying what they're doing, and they're just throwing 
all of these love letters to classic games with each of the ones that they do. And I really enjoy that a lot. Um, I want to play more. Like I said, all the games that I have on the list, I didn't play too much. I did a couple worlds and I had a really good time with what I had. So I definitely suggest it if you are um, into side-scrolling games. And it seems like it would be a fun speedrun game to watch. And I can't Mm. wait to like get into that and just seeing like what kind of tech that they use in order to speedrun it. Okay. All right. Did you want me to finish up this uh, my last bit here? Yeah, let's do it. I don't really have a lot of interesting stuff. I do have a small thing, but if we don't have time for it, then it's fine. So All go right. ahead, Michael. What, what do you All have right. for us? Is it something... I will finish up with uh, <laughs> it's a, something a little bit different. Okay. Is it Brave? Okay. Uh, it might be. Okay. It might be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I played a game called Phantom Brave. Now, this game is initially a PS2 game. It's primarily by Atlas, more specifically NIS America or NASA. And NIS is such, I love their stuff. They are the creators of the Disgaea franchise. And the Disgaea franchise is a super in-depth tactical role-playing game. Like, don't play it if you're not going to put thousands or hundreds of thousands of hours into it. Like, it takes forever. Like, the... The max level is 9,999, <laughs> and you can reincarnate your characters back to level 1, but they have a stat boost because you leveled them up already. And the idea is that like, in order to get to the deepest part of the dungeon of the game, of like the side dungeon, that you would have to do this multiple times across multiple characters until you're doing trillions, uh, quadrillions amount of damage, ridiculous amounts. It's all done in a very anime style both in artistic ways and presentation ways. And this game is along those same lines. But it's not grid-based like the Disgaea series is. In fact, it's more of like your character has a circle which indicates their area of movement and effectiveness. Mm. So you will move them into position and then you'll be able to use your ability within that said space. And it's a tactical role-playing game, just like that. And it has like that same feel and atmosphere of the Disgaea series, but it has a different approach to it in terms of combat and the way that you, you employ your characters and things like that. So the game is a ton of fun if you like that style. I have to say, if you like that style, because it is very specific it can be a bit over the top and if you're one of those that is not like into anime Mm. then this will turn you off uh it will turn you off if you're not into that the thing is that that, you know it sounded interesting uh to me and then i googled it and then i i saw how the looks of it and i'm like yeah nope not going to play this it's definitely something that a style that turns me turns me off it's not yeah it's very animated (laughs) very anime and it's not necessarily like it's not like bleach anime where like you know like cool fight scenes it's more of like more down to earth style uh animated skills like Mm -hmm. it almost looks like it it actually was its own anime thing but it seems more like cartoony um i enjoy it because i really like it uh i found the game on the ps2 initially when i was still living at home with my dad like years back and i just kind of fell in love with the the disgaea series and I just never got around to this game. It's an older game. It was on the PlayStation 2. Oh. But I'm having fun with it, and I like it. All right. That, that's cool. I mean, that's the important right. part, that you enjoy it. it I, I just <laughs> yeah. know from the looks from it. Also, you say it's a PlayStation 2 game. So it's probably a little bit rough around the edges. 
Yeah, um, I- I'm playing the PC version, which mm-hmm. is like an ups. Uh, like they did a little bit of work okay. for it, but it is still a little rough. You yeah, know? you can only do so, so much. So it, it's not it's not a typical game that I that I would initially look jump into. Um, but that being said, there is sometimes a few games here and there that is that is a little bit you know like that, very pixelated. That I actually do enjoy, like the survivalist that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I want to say Silicon Valley, but that's not it. Stardew Valley, that's that's the one. <laughs> um, Silicon Valley. <laughs> yeah, that's a different thing. Um, so so I mean, it's not like uh, there is sometimes where I jump on on board on those games. But but yeah, initially reaction, just looking at the first impression, I don't think you'll get me to look look at this. <laughs> maybe i'll uh i'll stream it on like the discord or something and you mm. can just check it out sure um, thing i mean that is the thing is that with those type of games uh i have a friend who another friend who also loves to jump into these type of games that you know uh, just necess- don't, don't necessarily look awesome but mm-hmm. um i don't even remember the name right now but i just remember seeing him playing it and i and when i saw how it actually played i was like oh that actually sounds and looks really interesting, and then I jumped into it because the gameplay yeah. was good. Um, but yeah, this is one of those like the systems mm. are really deep. Okay. Uh, all I'll, right, I'll but watch I you. I'll watch you. Uh, Maybe you can convince me. Who knows? Yeah. Who Stranger knows? things has happened in 2020. <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right, but I think that that brings us to the end of the show. It's been another episode in the books. We would like to thank everybody for coming by. This one was episode 37. Last time I said, I think it's episode 35. And it was 36. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it happens. Uh, yes, this is episode 37. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, Marty, do you have anything else before we get out of here? I want my damn PC to arrive, Michael. <laughs> we all do. And if you'd like to keep tabs on if Marty's PC arrives in one piece or not, go ahead and oh, follow God. us on Twitter over at Two Nerds, maybe more with the number two in front. You can also ask us if the PC arrives safely by emailing us at two nerds, maybe more at gmail.com. Or you can check out the website, two nerds, maybe more.com. There you'll find this episode as well as all of our previous episodes for your listening pleasure. Other than that, thank you all for joining us and we will catch you next time. Imagine if it's broken when it just arrives. <laughs> this show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.